Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies used by the big guys to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Estate University for Healthcare. I'm Austin Hare and I'm with my co-host today, Nate Palmer. Nate, how's it going? Hey man, how you doing? Good, good. So we are going to talk to you guys today about the realization of retailization. And it's, retailization is just a new concept that's come up that you may or may not have heard of. And it can be uh, a little confusing if you don't know what it is. So I brought Nate on board to help me kind of explain the concept. So Nate, can you just kind of give us a you know high level? What does it mean when somebody says retailization? Yeah, great, great question, and it's definitely uh, an area that continues to evolve. Um, you know, in our in our world in healthcare, uh, there's a bunch of names for it right now, uh, Medtail and others, and you know, kind of the idea. Or broadly, the concept is is really taking um, users who were who were historically in a kind of typical office or medical office environment and uh, getting them more in the forefront uh, of their communities. You know, making them more accessible, more convenient, more visible, uh, ultimately to their uh, to their patients. Okay, and so um, you know, when you say more accessible, more convenient. You're talking specifically about going from office to retail, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's semantics involved, and, and certainly, you know, I don't want to speak incorrectly because there may be some exceptions, but but essentially, if you think of you know the average dentist you went to growing up versus a Starbucks, right? I mean, they're just they're just identifiable. Uh, components of those sites that are inherently different that uh, again market by market there's certainly some variation in what is possible or what's allowed or what municipalities will approve but you know basically it's just getting um, you know all of these healthcare uh, operators in a more um, visible uh, environment okay and so to define retail uh, would you say that's the definition is just a more visible environment like at what stage does it would it switch from you know not retail to retail yeah another good question I mean so uh, again you know there I wouldn't say there's any defining characteristics that that you would necessarily say draw a hard line in the sand certainly uh, they're gonna be in environments that have better traffic counts that have uh, other synergistic uh, users, um, you know, a, a commonality in retail is the thought of an anchor. Um, m- most obvious or common would be a grocery store that is bringing consumers uh, into uh, the vicinity on a regular kind of repeatable business. And, and obviously then the syndicating retail that, that exists around that, that benefits from all of that traffic uh, in physical locations that would be highly visible, would have good signage, would be uh, mostly easily accessible um, and very kind of consumer facing. Okay, so, and now that we kind of have an understanding of what retail actually is versus other forms of real estate, you know, let's say I'm a doctor and I've got a location in an office plaza and it's been doing good and I've been around for a long time. Why should I, if I'm doing 
good as it is right now, or if I, you know, if I, even if I've already paid out the cost to do the build out and, and I have a good lease, why should I even consider relocating from office to retail? Yeah, so um, a third good question. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of components to my answer, and I'll I'll try to keep it brief. But you know, the the bottom line is the the cost difference between office and retail is typically very disproportionate to the amount of uh, patient traffic that our clients see when making that switch. And a very simple metric is to say, if I paid five thousand dollars. A month in my old location, my new location cost eight thousand dollars, and that's three thousand a month, roughly a hundred dollars a day. Simple math: if I'm open every day or or at least twenty business days a month, I've got to see you know a hundred to one hundred fifty extra dollars a day, which in most of our clients' healthcare practices about amounts to an extra patient a day, right? And so the concept is is if I if I take a more retail, a more prominent site, you know, am I going to draw at least one more patient a day, certainly to cover the cost, but then, you know, the patients that we capture beyond that, you know, uh, are just disproportionate to our, our increase in, in physical real estate costs. So, so the, the idea is, um, you know, that the benefit far outweighs the cost. Obviously, there's costs you have to deal with today to do it. Uh, which may encompass uh, a commitment to a higher lease rate in addition to uh, some loan component uh, to yourself or to a bank or to the landlord for the build-out expense, but but those costs should be disproportionate to the value. And the, the, the second thing I would say is, is right now more than ever, it's really just getting out ahead of your competition. Everybody has seen it. We didn't create this idea. Uh, you know, there's several... Uh, genres in the healthcare space that have done this uh, for the last 20 years, whether it's urgent care, retail, dental, where where they've come into these environments with high-profile locations, and frankly, they they don't look at competition in the market the same way because you know they feel that the retail demands and drives enough uh, value and volume where you know they'll just go out and compete you. So we want to make sure that our locations. Um, not only are in a position to, to create our clients the most success, but also that they're not vulnerable to being outpositioned and losing uh, and losing patient flow. You know, a guy I trained under early in my career, you know, equated this to a lot like how fast food was in the 50s and 60s. You had a lot of mom and pop shops, very kind of disorganized from a, a macro level, and all of a sudden you had the chains came in who standardized things fix the supply chains, you know, kind of optimized and created programs for their real estate and then and, and that invariably put the mom and pop shops out of business. So, you know, we feel healthcare right now is in a similar path, albeit 50, 60 years behind, where, you know, more as more retail goes online and more retail becomes available, um, despite the COVID problem you know before covid this was already happening and now certainly it's going to be accelerated you know that more real estate will be available to healthcare operators hopefully at a better cost than it has in the past and you know we want to make sure that we are we're riding the trend uh, to be as accessible and convenient to our patients as we can okay great yeah that's a lot of a lot of details for sure so to sum it up 
essentially what you're saying is the increased cost of switching from a lower cost location such as an office to a higher cost location such as uh, a retail spot can be offset by as little as one to two patients a day. And anything over those one to two patients a day will essentially be profit margin. I mean, at least gross profit. So can you walk us through, I know, um, you know we've done this a couple times now, can you walk us through like a real world example of one that you've done and how it actually played out uh, from switching from a bad location to a good location? Yeah, sure. We, um, we were brought in to consult on a project years ago in Georgia, a uh, good doctor, good little business, was in, was already kind of in a retail setting, but tucked back, um, not in a very visible center. Uh, the center actually sat well below the grade with the elevation. It had out parcels, so you know they were back in the center. You had no, no shot of seeing the location. Can, can you elaborate a little bit on what out parcel means? Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, synonymous to a, a McDonald's or a, a Starbucks, basically the front buildings uh, right up on the road, not not the shopping center that sits okay. behind it. So anyways, um, the doctor's location was, was way back in the center. He had built a business about 18 to 20 patients a day and um, had a pretty loyal following, but just wasn't getting that, that kind of walk-in traffic. And um, through a process of six months, we relocated him, not even a nine iron down the road into a very prominent uh, corner retail pad location. And uh, within six months of opening, his his volumes doubled so well wow. um, you know we don't we don't promise or promote that's gonna happen for everybody but but certainly many instances where um, you know he just became top of mind uh, for the patients in that community for his services and so what was his rent that he was paying at the old location yeah he was around four thousand a month and went and doubled went to about eight okay so his rent doubled and then his total revenue also doubled, his patient flow? Yeah, his patient flow doubled. I can't speak to his reimbursement levels per patient, but but yeah, hypothetically, his rent doubled and his revenue also okay. doubled. Yeah, and so, you know, the importance of that is, is rent is only one line item column in the expense in the expense sheet, uh, the expense column. So to have rent double really means that your total expenses are only increasing marginally, maybe by 10%. But when it results in a doubling of the revenue, I mean, that's huge. So the margin that you're creating by going to a place that gets you more visibility, more foot traffic, more patience is really, can really be staggering. Yeah, and it's a, I mean, it's a, it, it's just one, we've done so many of them, but it's just one that stands out because, you know, for this doctor, you know, his, his practice wasn't doing well enough for him to have fully left the ER. So in addition to running his, new clinic. He was still moonlighting and shifts in the ER. And it was a great phone call when he called me several months after he'd opened, just letting us know that, that, uh, his center in the new location was doing well enough where he was able to leave the ER shifts and, um, you know, just focus full time on his practice. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's a great example. So let, and final question here, um, to wrap this, this up, how do you see, the market shifting because of COVID? Like, what do you think the future is of retail space and particularly healthcare in the retail space? Yeah, so I mean, uh, this is a question that deserves its own podcast. You know, I, I, the short answer is uh, you, nobody really knows today what's going to happen. Uh, today happens to be May 21st, I think. And, and you know, the reality is, is 
most of the world and the retail uh, tenant and landlord side is in shock. Uh, nobody really knows um, what's going to happen. Uh, the bankruptcies are, you know, as, as we continue to follow national experts in lending and other things, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, bankruptcies that have already happened, a lot that are in the pipeline to happen. Obviously, most of those are going to involve some component of restructuring uh, where most of those guys will keep the majority of their locations, uh, but invariably some will some will become available. There are there are groups and chains that altogether uh, won't come back from this. So yeah, we anticipate a lot of uh, you know maybe four to six months from now is when it should should start and, and where we think a lot of real estate is going to be available. Again, when you you know it's a it's a it's a loaded answer because when you look at uh, the different types of markets, obviously more real estate is going to be available in the B and C markets, right? Everybody, everybody, I talk to so many people who just think all these, you know, gold mine trade areas are all of a sudden going to have all these vacancies. And, and sure, while some may come up, you know, I think most of your vacancies are going to weigh heavier to those kind of second and tertiary trade areas. But, but at any rate, it's something we're watching closely and, and we definitely want to be want to be primed uh, to take advantage of that because uh, there just there's it's a fact there's going there continues to be and as a result of COVID there will be more good real estate available uh, that that healthcare providers are a great and natural fit for yeah I agree you know I hear a lot of people asking for deals I mean the, the current day May 21st we're two months in to the lockdown just about and the truth is they're just they're not there yet by the time that you go through, first of all, the federal government has said there are no evictions, there are no foreclosures. I mean, that's going to temporarily f freeze everything for at least three months. And then you've got to start the foreclosure or the eviction process after that, which can take however many months. And so, you know, we're just not really going to feel, you know, if you're looking for 20, 30 percent discounts, I mean, they're just not there. You might be able to get a slight discount uh, right now, maybe 10 percent or so. And if you've got to open your business ASAP, then it's still better than nothing. But I think that the longer we wait, the more we're going to see deeper and deeper discounts as this stuff gets priced into the market. But at the same time, I mean, it's not like it's a, a bad investment. I mean, as these deal, it'll take time, but as they open up, I mean, it's, it's going to be the perfect time for uh, a healthcare operator, whether it's dental or, or dermatology or urgent care or family medicine or whatever it is, it'll, it'll be, there'll be some really great opportunities to make the switch, but it's just, you're going to have to have some patience. Yeah, and you know, and the, and the last thing I, I would say is I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, the other the other component that um, is thought about so much when you talk about going into the into the retail environment is also evaluating, you know, your footprint, right? Because we've we've helped many people who who were maybe in an office setting who uh, over years had expanded and expanded, and you know, just because they expanded what was available. They didn't really have kind of an optimized layout, so we, we've also been a part of many scenarios where, you know, maybe uh, somebody was operating in an 8,000 square foot office space, but we were able to optimize that into 5,500 square feet of retail, and their rent actually their their rent expense didn't go up. They were just able to improve their position. Granted, it was with less space, but their actual rent expense uh, did not go up. So yeah, a lot of lot of opportunities around this, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think we know the uh, content for our next podcast now. 100% <laughs> COVID-related retail healthcare. All right, guys. 
Thanks for tuning in.